Good Eisenberg. Welcome to your favorite podcast. The name of the show is Eisenberg. My name is Ian Eisenberg. Each episode, I'm going to be interviewing interesting people. Some I know, some I don't. Today's guest is Vincent James. He's a comedian from New York City. We will be discussing his career, his growing up in my hometown of Port Chester, New York, and also his upcoming appearance as a father for the first time. Without do, Vincent James. My guest today is Vincent James. He is a comedian. He's from, he's originally from Port Chester, New York. You can see him in the city. He He's always on stage. He hosts a bunch of comedy nights. All right, Vincent, Vinny, um, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Yeah, what's going on, Ian? Glad to be here, buddy. Great. I have nothing to say. Goodbye. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's it. And, and that's, that's the show. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Woo. It's been great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, Vinny, if you want to share with the audience basically your background on who you are and, and and where you are in the comedy world right now. Yeah, sure. So my name is Vincent James. I am uh, Ian and I. We're uh, old friends. We went to high school together. And I currently I live in New York City. I'm in Tribeca, New York. Uh, balling out. No. And I am a stand-up comedian. I've been doing stand-up comedy, I would say, for about 12 years. Started kind of getting paid for it the past seven years and yeah you know perform all over manhattan i've been performing a little bit now over the country i've done shows and uh, all over the you know some countries all over the world most notably in edinburgh for the fringe festival there yeah that that's amazing because i've seen you um Whenever you're off, whenever you're traveling, like I know you did that show or in San Jose a few months mm-hmm. ago or so. Yeah, I headlined the San Jose Improv. It's that was pretty cool. That was actually I never had to take more pictures with people in my life than when I was in San and when I did that show. It was kind of a nice little uh, nice gig. Thank you. Very exciting. Yeah. So tell us about your background and how um, how you. As you said, we've known each other, not even just since high school. As Kevin Gordine always, as he always introduces me to anyone, he says, this is my friend, he's been my friend since middle school. So, so tell me about how growing up in, in Port Chester, which is a suburb, Westchester County, just north yeah. of the city, and how it's made you who you are today. Yeah, sure. So, poor, I love Port Chester. You know, it's, it's, I love my, my hometown. It's always going to be my hometown. And... You know, recently I got to go back to Westchester to perform in Yonkers, and I'll wear Porchester gear, you know, to just to just to show my support. You know, I think Porchester is a great city to grow up in because it's very diverse. You know, meaning that I have a variety of different friends. My my friends were like the United Nations, and it's a, a lot of the people that I grew up with. I really feel like our town is funny. I know it's a crazy thing to say, but I really yeah. think that our t- our town is a funny town. There's so many different people. There's so many ver- variety of people. You know, we have like seven Peruvian restaurants. There's not even that many in Peru. 
like the country, you know. And I think just growing up there, it's a blue-collar town in in a in a Westchester county, which is predominantly like a wealthy county. But I feel like Portchester is one of the only blue-collar towns, and I think that shapes you. When you're around blue-collar, when you're around friends, a lot of ball busting going on when we're younger. And I think it was how I grew up, my family, and that whole dynamic and story we can get into, which is in, in itself crazy. But just the town in general, everything was supportive, they're friendly, but they never let you get too big. Half of my friends think they're funnier than me. All of my friends <laughs> think they're funnier than I am, you know? I'm funnier than you. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, I know. It's another one. Just add to the list. All my friends, Ding. you know, what do you what do you think? You're funny. You're freaking funny. I'm like, why are you talking like that? We didn't grow up in the Bronx. Like, you know, people, that's all my friends say that. Uh, but uh, we have funny friends. You know, we have funny friends. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So. So what is it about that that could God into your act? That's like in the sense of you're especially when you're performing from people audience of people that are not necessarily from our town and did not grow up with us. Yeah. So how do I kind of like weave that in? And well, you know, I, I think just the, just the way I, I grew up, you know, uh, a lot of the jokes I tell now are about how I grew up and how my, like my mother was the elementary school lunch lady. Do you remember that? Like my mom was the, was the lunch lady yeah. at, at, at school. And at first she was like, Oh, I'm going to get a job on your school. I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. What are you going to be doing? She's like, <laughs> The lunch lady. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Is this a cursing podcast or no? You, I, I plan on beeping them out, so curse all you want. I'll just clean okay. it up. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's you know that's not the bad word. I don't really curse in real life. But anyway, so I think I that experience that I had in Porchester of my mom being the lunch lady and different groups of kids making fun of me, and, and I was like, oh, that'll be great. I'll see you every day. No, it's not that great. I mean, sure, I got extra food and free food, but – I bring that experience I had from Porchester into the masses, or the masses, I say, you know, maybe, yes. uh, you know, uh, maybe 500 to 1,000 people a month uh, that I perform in front of. Yes. I mean, The Rock always said the millions and millions of his fans. Yeah, exactly. You know, he actually had those fans, but me, it's, maybe. We're, we're, we're thousands right now. Thou thousands, and they're growing. Yeah. Yep. So I, you I, I think so. Yeah, yes, Avita, you told me that recently you're about to become a father. How has that affected your life? How has that affected your career? Yeah, so I finally, you know, I could finally claim this dad body that I've had all these years. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's it's surreal. It's kind of like, it. I mean, I'm 38 years old. I've been married for three years, and it's it, it's I'm excited. I'm nervous at the same time. You know, I'm more nervous about becoming one of those, like, boring married dads, you know? The dads that all of a sudden they just wear shirts with, like, a state's name on it. <laughs> like Florida. Not even the University of Florida. It's just, like, Florida. Or like, a tourist, like a tourist shirt that they have at the airport. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, Cape Cod. And it has, like, a seashell on it, you know? <laughs> I don't want to become one of those dads, you know? And I also don't want to – for me – I didn't have the strongest of father figures growing up, so it's like, okay, I know what to do just based on what not to do in a lot of ways. So uh, it's I'm nervous, but I'm excited. You know, I'm really excited. I'm like 38. It's it's time for me, I think. And we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. We're doing the whole surprise, 
Not one of those ridiculous, like, reveal those, parties. Those, those reveal parties where I've seen some of them online where I don't know if it's done on purpose or if it's a real thing where there was once where, like, they had both colored balloons, like, in the box that came out. So yeah, the parents and it didn't popped know. out. Or, they ha- or would they, like, reveal the wrong gender? Oh, geez. Or, like, the cake. Like, who's – I'm not getting a cake. Who's going to get a cake and, and getting a different color? Like, you know, I'd rather someone cut me open myself than, than deal with something like that. But, yeah, no, I'm excited. I think, you know, my wife is excited. And any day now, the, the baby's due April 7th. So uh, you got to get this podcast out quickly, in to uh, – reference that date april 7th there you know so the podcast is born along with your um, child gender to be determined tbd yeah that's a good name yeah, yeah, yeah yes it's, it's like it's like i'm sure you always plug a lot of shows and a lot of things but it's mm-hmm. like it's like you're plugging my upcoming baby coming soon yeah it is it's uh, and i started talking about it on stage and you know different things to not say about your wife I was like, babe, you're going to be the best mother. You already have a mom's body. Like, don't – you shouldn't <laughs> say that. You shouldn't say that to your wife. But, yeah, it's all coming very soon. Everything's ready, though. We all have the, the room ready and all that stuff. We moved into a bigger apartment in uh, down here in the city. So we're excited. Excellent. So, so getting back to work, you were mentioning how you run a bunch of different comedy clubs. How, how does that work, and how, how do you do it? What's yeah, the so – Sure. I help manage um, two comedy clubs in Manhattan, myself and another uh, my uh, comedic business partner, if you will, Adam Strauss. He's a comedian. And they're both in Tribeca. And one is the Tribeca Comedy Lounge and the other is the Dark Horse Comedy Club. They're one street apart. They're fr- one's Friday, one's Saturday. And it's fun. I mean, I like it because I get to interact with customers and meet them and, and then also go on the stage and, and tell jokes. And I and I love it, you know, because it's right down the street from where I live and it allows me a space to perform uh, pretty much whenever I want. But it's it's definitely a balance of like performing at other shows, living, you know, working and doing all that. So it's been fun, though. Yeah, but I like it because it, Pretty much, I'm performing guaranteed in front of like 500 to 1,000 people a, a month now. That is very exciting that you've that you've that you took a dream. Like, when did you first know you wanted to be a comedian and you wanted to do this? Yeah, you know, I always knew that I liked making people laugh. I mean, when we grew up to, in high school, right? I wasn't just like a little wallflower sort of thing. I was sure. I was always trying to make people laugh, no matter what. When I was a kid, I would put on shows at uh, down the street at Caroline Crespo's house, which is one of our fellow Porchester High School alumni, and we would – they would just be like, tell some stories. And when I came back from college – in college, I minored in theater, and I was on the TV show there, WTOP. I was involved in a lot of different uh, – you oh, know. What school stu- was it? Give them a shout-out. Yeah, Oswego State University, SUNY Oswego. Uh, I was like, I didn't even know where Oswego was, but I was like, I'm getting out of this town for the next four years, and I'm going as far away as I can. So I went up to Oswego, and yeah, so I kind of just did TV production up there, and it wasn't until after college that 
I was still doing some community theater plays and stuff in Porchester and the Castle of the Arts. And a fellow Rye Brook resident, Josh Filipowski, uh, you're in, you know, I think you're in Rye Brook, right? And I'm, he, I'm very aware of, of, of Josh Filipowski. We carpooled to purchase some community house, some um, free school together as kids. Yeah. So Josh, who I was just with this uh, weekend, we were doing some shows together. He was already doing stand-up comedy, and a lot of people were telling me, they were like, yo, you know Josh is doing stand-up comedy? Like, you should do stand-up comedy. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just started writing down some jokes and some stories, and Josh actually took me to my first open mic, which we were just talking about this, because I just was the referee and judge for the March Madness of Comedy that he started. Yep. And so he took me down with this this Neva Lounge. I don't even know if it still exists. And I just found my notes the other day from that first show. And it was nerve-wracking. And I just went up and told five minutes. And I think four people laughed out of like eight. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that's 50%. And that's pretty good. And then I just started doing stand-up. But it, I always knew I wanted to make people laugh. And, and, and I didn't realize I wanted to – it didn't take – it took me a while to realize that I wanted to do it by myself alone. I was always working with teams, and I like that. But once you get that thrill of telling a joke that you wrote by yourself, it – I was like, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. And no one was surprised, right? I don't think anyone right. was really surprised about it. And that's why I think I received so much, uh, some nice support from people uh, continually to, to this day about it, especially from our hometown. Yes. I, I, mean, I mean, the fact, like, even, like, we, a few months ago, we had our 20-year high school reunion, and, you, and everyone just cheered you on to have, do an impromptu set. <laughs> I know, yeah. You know, no one believes me. But I'm glad you brought that up, Ian, because no one believes me. I, my wife was like, I don't think they were cheering for you. I was like, no, they were cheering for me to do it. And I had to do stand. I just told some stories and some jokes. And but yeah, I still had to pay for my ticket for the reunion. You know, they didn't give me a <laughs> discount because I did stand up there. But you know, it's crazy because that that week, uh, a few days after that, I headlined for the first time, the Ha Comedy Club in Yonkers, which I'm glad there's a comedy club in, in, in Westchester now. And I was able to take some of those impromptu, improvised jokes that I told that night and bring them to the stage a few days later. I was like, this worked. And, and so a few people from that reunion came to the show. And it was, uh, it was a good time. That is very exciting. Just everything that you're doing. So, so what is next um, for you, career-wise? Yeah. What's the next thing that you're looking to get to, and how could we, the audience, help you? Yeah. So, you know, I want to entertain people at the, at the largest scale possible. Right now, I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing a lot of shows, and people are starting to come and realize me and follow, and I'm starting to do some shows across the country. I do a lot of MC gigs where I've opened up for Magic Johnson and other, you know, celebrities like that. But I would like to I just want to get my content out there in a larger fashion. I want to be I, I want to do more TV. I want to get on television just to just to answer the question of everyone from Porchester like, "Dude, what are you going to be on television?" I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> take it easy. It takes a long time. I'm getting paid to be a comedian." Take it easy. But I just submitted some stuff 
for the for Colbert, and nice. I'll see if I get on that. That's just you know the producer asking me for ten minutes. That doesn't mean anything, but right. My next plan is I want to – a couple things. Short term, I want to do the Capitol Theater. I'd love to do the Capitol Theater in our hometown. I'm noticing that as I'm doing these shows in Yonkers, we're getting – they're selling out and a lot of people are coming. So why not parlay that into my hometown and then do that? But really get myself out there more because I think people would really like my humor and the relatability of it. So I'd like to, I'd like to be on television in some facet – whether it's a, one of the shows in the next two years. That's like my short-term goal and the Capitol Theater. So do you hear that? Do you hear that, Colbert? Do you hear that, Fallon? Do you hear that, Pete Shapiro? Book this guy. Yeah, let's let, do it. Let him sell I'm, out your building. I'm friendly. I will talk to the – I will be the best. Like what I do, I love going to these shows because I'll, I'll perform stand-up. And I'll hang out with the guests. I love it. That's the best part of me is that is that knowing that people came out and they're laughing and myself or other comedians made them laugh. I love interacting with the audience afterwards, which a lot of comedians don't like doing. I enjoy doing that. It's, it's, it's part of who I am. I'm almost too extroverted in a sense. All right. We, okay. We will we will title that episode. I have two extroverted sets. We're not. All right. The last thing I want to do is, um, as I've been recording these podcasts, I've also been making my ninety day videos. Yeah. And one of my questions of the day was, was, give give me one word you want one of my guests to say on the podcast, and the answer I got was rad. So can you say rad? Rad is great. I life is rad. Telling jokes is rad. Ian is rad. That's a great word. I like it. That's rad. a nice. It's an '80s throwback. It's very '80s throwback. And if Fix already responded to that on Instagram. All right. So yeah, So if anyone wants to find you online, um, where's the best place? Sure. So you could find me at vincentjamescomedy.com, and you could also find me on Instagram the Vincent James. It's kind of pretentious, I know, but the Vincent James. And you could find me just about every weekend at the Tribeca Comedy Lounge or the Dark Horse Comedy Club. And I love seeing people in the audience that I know. A lot of people from Porchester come to the shows. They surprise me sometimes. Sometimes they come to the show and don't even realize I'm there. And that means a lot to me when a lot of when a person from Porchester comes to comes to a show. Excellent, Vincent James. Thank you, thank you for being on the show. No problem, Ian. Always a pleasure, my man. Thank you, Vincent James, for being a guest on the show. You've been a great guest. You might have even been funny. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Eisenberg. I invite you to check out my website, www.eisenberg.com. That is I-S-A-N-B-E-R-G. Until next time, my name is Ian Eisenberg. This is your favorite podcast, Eisenberg. Have a good Eisenberg, everybody.